Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a great God. And while you're standing on one verse of Scripture as we get ready to head into this next lesson. This is the third lesson uh, in this series titled The Great I Am. And we have uh, talked about him being uh, the light where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Last week, he said, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus was simply tying himself to who he was and uh, let, trying to let them know and give them revelation of who he was. And today we're going to talk about the statement that Jesus made where he said, I am the bread of life. In John 8 and, or John 6 and 35, I'm sorry. John, John chapter 6 is a great chapter to read through to get a lot of understanding about who the Lord is and, and what he was trying to uh, do while he was here, what he was trying to get people to see. But he comes to one point where he, he just plainly tells them, he says unto them, I am the bread of life, and he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I'm thankful today for the bread of life. How about you? Let's pray for the lesson today. Jesus, thank you for your word. God, we know that the words you spoke and the words that are in this book, they are spirit and they are life. Let this seed of the gospel find good ground in our hearts today. Lord, anoint these lips of clay and fill my mouth with words for your people. Let us be blessed today. Receive it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap and a shout for his word. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the Word of God. You can be seated today. You can't, well, you just can't be anything without the Word. You can't be born again without the Word. That's the Word. That's, that is the Word. That's, that's Scripture. We're born, not, again, not of corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, the Word of God. Jesus makes this statement, I am the bread of life. He didn't stop there. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He's making... A statement here, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Not talking about natural hunger, not talking about natural thirst. Of course, we're talking about the spiritual things of this world, and, and but Jesus is letting us know that I am not the only thing that satisfies your soul, but I am the only thing that will sustain your soul. Because you can be satisfied for a moment, but it not be enough to carry you on. But Jesus will sustain you. He's saying uh, you won't hunger. That means that you'll be sustained. Just think if you never got hungry again. Never have to eat again. People would be like, well, let me get to my desired weight first. And then let's try that. You know, don't, don't stop me right here. Come on. Oh. Jesus is our I, I am. He's our provider. He's everything that we have to have. He, in the book of John, in John chapter 4, John chapter 7, and then here in John chapter 6, Jesus is trying to let us know that I am everything that you need. In John 4 and 14, when he spoke with the woman at the well, he said, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. 
but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up in everlasting life. And then jumping past uh, chapter 6 into chapter 7, in verse 37, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And that didn't mean that Jesus is not your water boy. He's not talking about, again, about natural thirst. If you go on and read through there, he is talking about the Holy Ghost that was not yet given, but they that believe on him should receive. Jesus has tried to always, always help his people understand that uh, I am what you need. God, all through the Old Testament, tried to help his people understand, I will take care of you. I will supply every need. I'll make sure you're okay and protected, but I need you to follow me, obey my word, keep my commandments, trust me, have faith in me, don't doubt me. And uh, so we see today that um, Jesus is making the same kind of statements, trying to help his disciples, because in this John chapter 6, he is speaking to not just the 12, but many, many disciples, people that had been following him. And so uh, he wanted them to see, if you'll just come to me, you won't hunger. And if you'll come to me, you won't thirst. Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus made the statement that man won't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We need today to understand, hey, let me tell you something, you can't make it without the Word of God. You, everything you need is in the Word. Jesus said, bread alone won't do it. It might satisfy, but it won't sustain. Because if you're only worried about getting by in the day today, uh, you're living wrong. You need to be living with eternity in view. And so I, I can uh, think, well, God, thank you, God, for this food today. Well, that's good. But you're going to eat again, and then you're going to eat again if you keep living It'll satisfy you for a little while, but you will get hungry again. I have eaten so much, I thought I would never eat again. But I did. And usually the next meal. You think, oh, what a breakfast. I want a way of eating lunch. It's like, hey, it's lunch. What are we having? You know, it's, uh, you know so you, you do. But uh, once we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, once we have uh, come to this bread of life, to this living water. Yeah, I don't desire the things of this world anymore, and I don't want the things of this life that, that it wants to offer me, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and things like that. I don't want that stuff anymore. I, what I want is more of Him. What I want is this living Word. What I want is this living water. What I want is this bread of life. And if we ever, you know, today... People think that, well, you're not going to win people with the word. I'm going to just show them the love of Jesus, but I ain't going to preach to them. You can't show the love of God without the word of God. If you think you can, you have been lied to and you have deceived yourself and you're sending everybody on the wrong path because you can't show the love of Jesus without the word of God. Or you preach to them, you'll lose them. You can't be saved but by the foolishness of preaching. Oh, yeah, you bring the word, you'll hurt their feelings. If the word hurts them, they needed a little hurt maybe. 
to wake them up. The scripture says sometimes, you know, let me tell you, somebody that's in an accident, they'd rather feel some pain than feel nothing. They don't want to come out of that accident saying, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my arms. They want to feel a little something. I'm not talking about taking the word and hurting people and, and trying to kill people with it, but don't start thinking you're going to save anybody or help anybody. All you're going to do is satisfy them for a while, but you'll never sustain them without the word. And I don't want somebody to feel better for a day and be lost, but I want them to know about Jesus and live forever. Uh, oh, there's a, there's, there's a, a, a movement in this world. Let's just do as little as we can and see what we can get by with. Uh, you know, uh, I, I got to move on. I'm going to preach a whole other message. But this is what Jesus was trying to, to fix here, is that you don't get to just do anything and, and live forever. You might be satisfied here for a while, but I'm the bread of life. If you don't want to hunger and thirst again, if you don't want to have that kind of gnawing at you, you know, you know what hunger is? It's, it, you know, it says, oh, it's gnawing. It's that gnawing pain of hunger, and, and it's your body saying, I need something in there. Well, when you have that uh, hunger for things of the world, it's the world gnawing at your flesh. But isn't it wonderful that when you will come to Jesus and when you will commit the keeping of your soul unto him as unto a faithful creator, if you take that cross up and, and follow him daily that, that you don't get that hunger anymore. You might drive past that restaurant, but I don't eat that kind of food no more. There's a lot of people, they, they come off fast food. They say, because it's garbage, really. It tastes good, but it's garbage. I, a Big Mac tastes good. I ain't going to lie, but it'll kill you. It's, uh, it's good. The varsity, it's, I don't even know how they stay open. Because you know people are dying from eating that food, but it's, it's so good. But when a person says, I am not going to put that kind of stuff in my body anymore, and they go out to eat, you'll see them driving past Arby's and past McDonald's and past Wendy's and right past uh, the varsity, and they'll go somewhere where they can get something that's real. They'll get some, no. Even Chick-fil-A, man, you can't fry that, you can't fry that chicken. It, it, it'll kill you. You got to get on past him, too. Unless you're getting a salad, I'll go with you. But they want something. They, they've made a decision. And you know what? After a while, they're like, I don't even want that anymore because I've committed myself to better. And, whoo, I have committed myself to better. Jesus said, here's the offer, son. You can uh, drink this water and never thirst again. You can eat this bread and never hunger again. Or you can keep on uh, hitting the buffet of this world and you'll always come back and you'll always come back and you'll, or you'll be looking for a new place to get it because uh, after a while even that won't satisfy you. And hey, guess where you'll end up? You'll end up in the pig pen somewhere. But when you give it to Jesus and, and when you take what he's got to offer, let me tell you, you don't hunger and you don't thirst for the things of this world. You know what? That's why you endure temptation. Hey, guess what? Just because you decide not to eat McDonald's, they ain't going to shut down. And the varsity ain't closing just because we know it's killing people. They're not going to stop because there's people that, there's plenty of people dropping their dollars in there. 
And so, hey, guess what? The world don't close just because you get right with God. But you just got to keep driving past. No, I don't eat there anymore. I don't, I, no, I'm going to where they got the living water. I'm going where they got the bread of life. I'm going somewhere that's not, I'm, I'm going to eat somewhere that ain't going to kill me. I'm going to eat somewhere that I don't have to pay for it later. You ever, you ever sit down in a restaurant and eat and you thought, well, that was good, but I'm going to pay for that later. That's the way it is in the world. You might enjoy it, but you're going to pay for it later. Yeah, you'll never get through it without some kind of consequence. It, it'll stay in your mind. It'll stay, you know, you, you eat something like that, it's, it stays in your body for a while. You got to do something to, to work it out. I'm glad that if we make them mistakes, we can come and we can say, hey, you know what? Oh, I did this and whoo, it's affected me. I feel it. But I can go to the Lord and say, hey, that wasn't me. That wasn't what I wanted. I was just trying to satisfy a quick need, and, and, and so I did. But, God, I'm sorry. And he said, if you confess your faults, then I'm faithful to forgive you. Yeah, you ever done that? Man, I've been eating good for a year. I ain't had this. But, you know, you get somewhere, and, uh, you know, it's like I, I used to do this working, driving around all the time because it was hard to find places to eat. And, you know, you, you come off sodas and things. You're feeling better. You're doing good. But, man, you're working somewhere one day. that You're starving to death. Ain't nothing around forever but like Burger King. That's the only thing. And you're so hungry. You're like, I can't eat another granola bar. I've got to have, you know, uh, I can't go get a pack of peanuts and a little bottled water. I've got to have something. So you go, but, boy, oh, isn't it awful how it just sits in your gut like a rock? You're like, why did I do that? I've been doing good so long. And so then you have to work it off. because Like I say, you pay for it later. Uh, Jesus is trying to help people understand today, I am what you need. I'm the bread of life. And if you'll come to me, you won't hunger, you, you won't hunger anymore. Temptation is not hunger. You see what I'm saying? And people, it's not wrong. You're going, it's just like if you're on a diet, you'll be tempted. There's Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kremes, and there's all kinds of things. People are having parties and inviting you, and there's cake. There's temptation everywhere to blow that diet, to blow that healthy eating. It's always there. There's always going to be temptation in this world. Your flesh is going to always be tempted, but that's not a sin. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. But how does he endure it if he don't have the Lord? How does he endure it if he doesn't have the word? When he, you know, in the, like I say, once you have committed to that, and, and, uh, and it's so easy to just blow by that stuff. It is. You know when you'll find yourself tripping up? It's when you've already been cheating on your diet anyway. You know when you find yourself tripping up? when you hadn't been quite as strict as you normally have been. But you know what you do? You get back. You just get back to it. You start doing it again. You take what Jesus had to offer. Hey, I've come, I'm back. Here I am. I'm back on the wagon. I'm doing this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it all back. I'm going to get rid of that extra weight. The Bible says lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily. I'm going to lay this stuff aside, and I'm going to run this race with patience, looking unto Jesus why am I looking unto him? Because that's the only way you'll ever run this race successfully. You'll never make it without him and what he has offered. Believe what you want to, yet you won't. You cannot make it without him. 
He said, you can't come to the Father but by me. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. You can't get there but by me. You'll never make it. I'm the door. You know, everything he said, he's trying to help people understand, you're not going to get there but by me. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So why would we think we could circumvent the word and save ourselves or anybody else? I don't ever want to turn down what Jesus was offering. And what he was trying to get people to see here is that he was everything that they needed. And he was trying uh, to remind them that even the way uh, we saw in the last couple of lessons how that he went back to uh, even the very beginning of the world where, and God said, let there be light. And Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And even uh, how that he talked about uh, he was the I am that uh, Moses talked about when he went to the children of Israel and while they were in Egypt. And, and he said, that's me. Before Abraham was, I am. And so I am that, that God of the Exodus. I'm the creator. All things were created by him. Ain't nothing made that wasn't made without him. He was the creator. And so even in this uh, chapter here, in John chapter 6, he's, he's like a shadow, a mirror of things that happened for Israel uh, while they were in Egypt. The Passover that they had, the first Passover that they had uh, in uh, Egypt. Well, Jesus is the Lamb of God. And that chapter starts out, chapter 6 in John, starts out with the Passover. And then he feeds a multitude in the wilderness. Well, God fed Israel in the wilderness. They crossed a miraculous crossing through a body of water that cannot even be explained you know, by a natural man, uh, but they did it. Well, in, in John chapter 6, we see Jesus... Uh, he went up into a mountain for a while by himself while the disciples were rowing across the sea. Jesus catches up to him walking on the water. Hops in the boat and says, when he gets in the boat immediately, they was at the other shore. Just Everybody that was looking for Jesus, they get around there and see Jesus getting out of the boat with the disciples. How did you get here? They can't explain it. Miraculous crossing of the water. Yeah. And then uh, he refers back to Israel again when uh, he talk, begins to tell them that you know, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and they're dead. But I'm the bread of life. And I'm that bread, even as God gave them bread from heaven, I am that bread that came from heaven. Not the manna, but I'm the bread of life, the bread that came down from heaven. He's trying to let them see that I am that God. I am that Savior. Just as God was trying to let Israel know, I've got you. I'll get you out of prison. I'll get you out of slavery. I'll get you into a promised land. I'll get you through the Red Sea. I will feed you. Paul was so adamant about teaching this in the church that he reminded the Corinthians uh, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10. He began to let them know that the things that Israel went through, they went through for our example. And he said that, uh, this right here, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the Red Sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank from that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. 
They had spiritual food, and they had spiritual uh, drink. That rock was Christ. But then listen to what he says here. Even after they've had this miraculous thing in their life, but with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Even then, you couldn't be once saved, always saved. They ate spiritual food. They drank spiritual drink. But you still got to act right. And you still got to be obedient. And you still got to stick with God. He said, now, these things were our examples. To the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. In other words, you can't have the spiritual side and then want the world too. This is what Jesus is trying to let them know. You need to come to me. I'm the bread of life. You'll never hunger. You'll never thirst. You won't want the things of the world anymore. He said, don't be idolaters as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. You can't eat and drink spiritual stuff and then eat and drink carnal stuff and be okay. Nope, you can't do it. You might do it, but you can't do it and be all right with the Lord. If it was good for them, it's good for us. It's still that way today. He said, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and 20,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured who were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Well, I tell you, we had never been closer to the end of the world than we are now. And we can learn something from what they experienced and from what they went through and from what God taught them. Hey, I will provide for you, but you are not going to use me like a vending machine. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a spiritual candy machine that you can come to me and get a little snack and think you'll be satisfied for a while and then go out and just do what you want to do. You've got to take, if you'll take what I offer, you won't even want those things. Oh, we've got to commit ourselves to him. We've got to take what he offered. We can't just, uh, you know, Jesus knew in John chapter 6, after he fed those 5,000, when he got to the other side of that sea and all them people showed up, he said, look, the only reason you're here is you want more food. He said, you're not here for me. You came because you ate of the fish and loaves and you want me to do that again. And even the Pharisees that were there, they uh, began to talk to him and said, well, you know, God gave our fathers manna, let it rain manna down in the wilderness. Like they want him to perform that miracle for them right then and there. If you're the bread from heaven, we'll come on and do that. Just like Jesus was tempted in the wilderness when the, Satan told him, so, hey, if you're hungry, turn these uh, stones into bread. And he could have done it. But he's not our spiritual miracle vending machine. He says, if you'll take what I've got to offer, you'll be satisfied. And you'll be all right. Woo, if we could just get satisfied with Jesus and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. 
God's going to be with you and he's going to provide for you. I've never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen his seed begging bread. Let me tell you, God is going to be with you. Take what he's got to offer. He was trying to tell all these people that day, I am the bread of life. And if you'll come to me, you won't hunger. And if you'll come to me, you won't thirst. I am what you need. It's still the same today in the 21st century with all that distracts us and with all that we are tempted with. Jesus is still enough to overcome any temptation of the flesh in this world because he didn't lose power. He didn't lose any goodness. The Holy Ghost is still as great as it has ever been. Jesus is still as wonderful as he's ever been. Living this life for the Lord is still as good as it's ever been. It's still amazing grace. It's still mercy. It's still love that's uncomparable. It's still the peace of God that passes understanding. It's still the greatest thing going. But you can't have, all, have it both ways. You can't come in here and have spiritual meat and spiritual drink and then sit down and eat carnal things and rise up and play. Hey, I love you. You know I do. Woo, I, I don't want to see uh, nobody do as some of these people did in this story because the farther he got, the harder it got for them to understand. They started saying, "This is man, this is a hard saying. You know, that's the way these people say, I don't like hard preaching. I don't like things that, that don't leave no wiggle room. People want stuff that's soft and pliable that I can mold it to fit my life. But the Word of God, it's a sharp, two-edged sword. It's forever settled. That means it's solid. It's not going anywhere. It don't, you don't, uh, you know, you, we just all kind of things that fits. You, know, you can't feng shui the Word of God. I'm going to set this up so it's got the good vibes. It's going to be only this Scripture and only that Scripture and the rest of them, phew. Yeah, you can't feng shui the Bible, honey. You got to do it all. And it all fits and it all looks good when it's in your life, when you love it. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Don't let me go to hell. That's the extent of some people's walk with him. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Be kind to people. Love people. Be merciful. Watch your eyes. Watch your ears. Watch where you go. Watch what you do. Watch who you do it with. (laughs) Well, well, well. Thank you, it is. Because God is good all the time. God's word is good all the time. And where am I at? What time is it? Oh, I got a few minutes. How many still believes he's everything you need? Do you remember when you found him? When he found you? When you surrendered? Whichever, however you want to term that meeting, how wonderful it was to lay down your burdens, to lay down your sin. To, when you come out of that water washed by the blood of Jesus and and, and sins of your past are remitted and washed away, and God fills you with the Holy Ghost, and, 
And, oh, man, everything's brand new. It's so wonderful. It's so great. And, man, you, you want nothing bothering you. But we ought to still feel like that. You know, my wife and I, we, we say this a lot to each other, that we, you know, or she'll tell me, especially all the time, she says, you know, I loved you so much when we got married, but I love you a lot more now. I'm not offended at that. Man, I was still learning. <laughs> I had to get better. I didn't know how to be this great all, all at once. <laughs> but it got sweeter as the days go by. And, man, I mean, I didn't think anything could top what Jesus did that night, January the 13th, 1993. But you know what? He did. And he does. <laughs> it's sweeter as the day. And now I love him. Not just because I don't want to burn. Not just because I don't want to be lost. I love him because he saved me. I loved him because he's been good to me when nobody else was. He, I, I, I love him because he was merciful and did not let me slip out of this world without an opportunity. Uh, to take this. Man, I, oh, hey, I, I, I spent my, my weekends in places where, yeah, I could have just lost my life. Never come home. You know, it, it's true. I mean, in, either from, from uh, the addictions I had or from the people who would pull guns and knives out in certain places we would be. I could have been shot or stabbed. Anything could have happened. I could have just never made it to a point where he said, hey, this is what I've got to offer. But he let me get there. I'm thankful today. Don't ever take that for granted. And, you know, if you're alive today and you're sitting in this room, I think everybody's probably good in here. But, hey, if, if you're not, I wouldn't leave today without getting good because God gave you another opportunity to be in his presence. He gave you another opportunity to hear the offer. Hey, I'm the bread of life, and I'm what you need. I'll, I won't just satisfy. I'll sustain. In other words, it'll, it'll when. I have eaten so much that I don't want to eat. Don't even show me anything. I'm miserable. I like to get like that with the Lord. Just, Lord, fill my cup, let it run over. I want to be so full that I can't even look at nothing else. The blessings of the Lord are so great. That, you know, he's poured me out such a blessing, there's not enough room to contain it. And, and so I don't even want to look nowhere else. I want to see nothing else. So I'm going to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just stick with you, God. We'll see this happening through this story. I've got, I've, I'm going to read John in John 6 and, and 31. Again, when the Jews were talking to him, they said, Our fathers, they ate manna in the desert. Boy, they're so excited about that miracle. And hey, miracles are great, but miracles won't save you. Salvation in itself is a miracle, no doubt. But miracles of bread and, and things like that, that don't save you. Yeah, you can be healed, you can be you know, delivered, but you still got to have salvation. He said, our fathers ate man in the desert, and as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So after a little answer from Jesus, he just sums it up in verse 41 and answers him directly. 
I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they were upset with him because he said that. They murmured at him because he said he was that bread from heaven. He's equating himself to, uh, to the miraculous, to the provider, to the, uh, you know, that was Israel's salvation in the desert. That was their food. It was what sustained them until they got to the promised land. It didn't just satisfy. It sustained them, but it was only for a season. And then he said, he started in verse 49, he said, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and they are dead. In other words, partaking, partaking of the miraculous is still, uh, uh, does it ensure that you will be saved? You've got to take the offer. You can't just sit down and eat one time and say, that's it. He said, they ate that. Jesus is the answer. He said, this is the bread which comes down from heaven and and a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews strove among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So you, they can't even get out of their carnal mind. They think he's talking about cannibalism. They'd have to eat the flesh and drink the blood. Well, you know, they don't even eat anything with the blood because the life is in the blood. That's their law. Well, Jesus says unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. If you take that and you consume that, you're going to live by me. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. We live by the word. Jesus was the word made flesh that dwelt among us. You can't live. You live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And when we take what Jesus offered, when we take his word, that's why you can't live without the word. You can't save people without the word. You can't be born again without the word. In it, this word is spirit and this word is life. You've got to have the word. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was trying to get them to see that I am everything you need to live. If you're going to be just and you're going to live by faith, you won't do it without the word. You won't do it without me because I am the word. We live by every word. He is the word made flesh. Then he said, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth this bread shall live forever. We must be born again. We're born again by the word of God. Jesus is trying to get them to see, I am everything that you need. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, people, disciples, when they heard this, uh, they said, uh, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Sometimes there's things in the scripture that are hard to hear. Sometimes it's hard to understand. Sometimes it's hard to hear because it smacks you upside the head. Because it pricks your heart. Sometimes it's hard because it convicts us. 
And the thing about this is that what makes it a hard saying is not that it's just so hard to understand or comprehend, but now he's letting his disciples know that if you're going to be my disciples, it's all or nothing. It's all in. You're going to have to uh, uh, take what I offer, and that's it. The only way to live forever is to take what I have to offer. So you've got to forget traditions. You've got to forget uh, what your fathers did in the wilderness. You're going to have to put all that behind you and listen now to what's going on in this hour. He wasn't preaching anything new. He was preaching revelation. He was helping them to see that now I am, the I am is here again to get people out of bondage, to get people out of Egypt, and it'll still take a Passover. It'll still take the blood of the lamb to get them out. They'll still have to go through the water. Yeah, still got to go through the water. Praise God. And we've still got to be filled with his spirit. Got to be. And when he knew that they murmured, he said, does this offend you? What, and if you should see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickens the flesh, profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you, no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. If I can't have you on my terms, then I won't follow you anymore. Yep. I watched people walk away from truth and go into to other beliefs that not even close to truth anymore. Because if they can't have it on their terms, they'll go somewhere, they're going to shop it. Listen, Jesus is the bread of life. Not a bakery. You can go into a bakery and find any kind of bread you want. You can pick and choose and customize it. But he's the bread of life. The Bible is not our bakery where we can pick and choose which bread we want and just say, this is what I'll have. A bakery can bake all the kind of breads it wants. You know what happens? They still go stale. You got to have all of it. How many people buy a loaf of bread and, and never touch the end pieces? You get a loaf of bread and you just you reach right over that front piece until finally there's two pieces left in that bag and it's going in the garbage can because it's two those brown end pieces. Because they're a lot thinner, and it's like they won't even hold up to anything, and nobody, you can't do that with him. Matter of fact, he said, I'm the beginning and the end. Sometimes it might be the things that you don't necessarily like, but it's still the bread. I'm the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the bread of life. But we try to treat him like a loaf of bread. I'm going to reach past that, and I'm going to get that soft piece all the way in the middle. I'm going to get that soft piece over about, about John 3.16, and that's all I'm going to get. <laughs> well, I do not want to ever get myself into a place 
to where I am even contemplating that where Jesus would look at me and ask uh, the 12, will you also go away? I hope that it never, ever comes to a point in my life where Jesus is looking at me saying, you thinking about walking off? You thinking about leaving? Peter said it so perfectly. Where would we go? Put that, put that verse up for me. Uh, six, verse 68, 6 and 68. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. I have sold out. I am sure of who you are. I am sure of what you have to offer, and I got nowhere else I want to go. Many other ones are walking away. Peter, y'all ain't going? John, come on now. Let's go. Let's find somebody else that'll preach it like we like it. No, because I'm sure of who he is. I know who I was before him, and I know what I've seen since I started following him. You ought to come on and go with us. Nah, it's Stuff, that's too hard for me. I want to find something else. I, I got to find somewhere else I can get another miracle of fish and loaves. I got to go somewhere where I can be satisfied for a while. But Peter said, well, I'm quite satisfied, but I'm going to go where I'm going to be sustained. I want to go to where I'm going to have eternal life. I want to, I want to walk with somebody that's going to help me get through to the end. That's so I can hear, like Paul said, I... Uh, I can finish my course. I can keep the faith. Don't ever think that these men weren't tempted and tried, but somehow they stuck it out. Hebrews 11 says that it was through faith that, that they stuck it out. Faith in what? Faith in what Jesus offered. Faith in, the Bible even says that uh, Moses chose to suffer the, he, the reproaches of Christ. Because God was in Christ reconciling the world in Himself. It's not like Scripture's not getting mixed up. They're not trying to trick you. Moses knew who, knew who God was and he knew who he would be. He said, there's a prophet coming. He said, like unto me, he said, you're going to hear him. And the words he's speaking, he was talking about Jesus. Anyway, that's, we get into a whole other lesson. But take what he offered. That's a good offer. I don't know many, you know, I understand it's for your health. Got it. They got the, the no bread diets today. Nope, I don't eat no bread. But you ever notice them people so miserable when you're at a restaurant with them? She's <laughs> sitting there buttering that. You sure you don't want none of this? <laughs> okay, I just eat your piece. Nope, I'm on a no bread diet. A little tear coming out of the eye right there. Well, you know what? I don't want a no bread diet. I want the bread of life. I don't want a no bread diet when it comes to the Lord. I, oh, no. Give me a whole, just send me an order by myself. Give me a basket by myself. Just, I want all that bread, Jesus. Come on. I, I, I'm not worried about it. Let it, Scripture talk about it making your bones fat. Fine. Just get me fat in the Holy Ghost. That's fine. That's fine. I have that triple chin Holy Ghost going on. 
because, uh, hey, let me tell you, I, I don't want to lose out with God. I want all of him I can get. Take what he's offering today. Let's stand together this morning. Jesus has given us a great, great day and a great offering, great blessing. I'm not just talking about something I don't experience and that I don't know. I didn't always live for the Lord. I was not raised in church. And, uh, and that's, you know, I, I was old enough to make decisions. I just never, you know, never made that decision until I was older. I lived my life like I wanted to live. And it's no reflection on my mom or dad that my parents, I had good upbringing, wonderful home life. It was fine. I'm talking about when it comes to living for the Lord. I just didn't make them decisions. I could have, just didn't. I'm telling you, when Jesus came and offered me the real thing, there was no doubt. This is what I want, Lord. I've got to have this. And I am telling you, I am telling you that when you go all in with him, You'll be fine. You'll make it. I, you can't lay back and not do nothing. But let me tell you, you'll have that strength every day to do what God wants you to do. You'll have that strength to walk past them temptations and turn them away. And, and, uh, and, uh, and then if you do make that mistake, you'll have the strength to get it right. Because it's not the Lord's will that any perish. He don't want anybody, hey, I don't want anybody I've invested in to be lost. You think, well, I saved them, and if they couldn't stay saved, I don't know what to do with them. He's going to give you every opportunity to get right, to be right, to be there. I'm thankful for it. This is the best life going, even today. Let's lift our hands and just pray and thank Him. Thank Him for the bread of life today. Hallelujah. God, we praise You for giving us what we need in this world, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, today that you are the bread of life. And Lord, we want to take this offer so we don't hunger. We don't want to hunger and thirst after the things of this world, but we want to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And Lord, you said if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. And Lord, when we're filled with those great things, we don't desire this world anymore. We can walk right past those temptations. We can kill and destroy the deeds of the flesh through your spirit. Lord, today, help us to receive this and accept this and follow you faithfully, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the bread of life. Praise the Lord. All right. Hey, um, we're going to find a place to pray before the next service. Um, we're going to try to institute this a little better than we, than we had been doing, but you'll notice in a little bit on the screens will come up. It'll, it'll have pre-service prayer on the screens. When you see that come up on the screens, if we could kind of, you know, uh, if, if you would, I'd love for everybody to come down or, or even at your seat, find a place to pray before the service, and then let's, let's kind of keep all the, the, the conversation and talk down during that prayer time as we're getting ready for service. If you got something you got to talk about, maybe you could just step out into the foyer or something like that. That way it would be respectful of those that are praying. So uh, we just want to, I want to see God do great things. And I, I feel like if we can get our mind on Him and get ready for the service, it's going to really 
really help us to see the things we want to see uh, in our church. So uh, we're, we're just trying to get that going a little better. So if you'll help us with that today, we appreciate it. We love you so dearly. And you're dismissed for a few moments here in Jesus' name.